Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Review Weekly. I am your host, Jacob London. And as always, I am joined by my wonderful panel, Taylor Robinson. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm very, very excited for this episode. I should probably be day drinking while we're recording this because I think it's about to get very interesting in the discussion that we're about to have. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm good. I'm ready. <laughs> this could be very interesting. This could also be uh, the last episode of Film Review <laughs> Weekly. Just fair warning you all, uh, we could murder each other by the end of this. <laughs> JTE, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. This is a movie... I heard a couple people before this came out, and a lot of my friends who saw it said, this could be decisive. And then I started hearing, this could be the last Jedi of comic book DC movies. And I said, uh-oh, I don't think it could be that. It's gotten close. It's gotten close in certain corners of the internet. There's definitely a lot of praise for this movie, but a lot of high criticism from reviewers that I respect dearly. And I've read those articles, and I've read the articles of people who love this movie, and it's just kind of fascinating. You never know what you're going to get with a film. This is why film is so awesome because it's so subjective. Everybody takes something into the theater with them differently than someone else, and you take something out of it differently also. So I'm excited to really get into this movie. I, I, I will say this. I think a lot of times on the internet, in Twitter especially, especially in fandom today, it's like one or zero. You either love it or you hate it. And I don't think that's how film should be discussed. That's not how we discuss it. I don't hate this movie. I don't love this movie. I love aspects of it. And I dislike aspects of it. So I'm excited to talk through it, kind of work through my own emotions. But again, it's okay to be in the middle. Just because somebody doesn't like something doesn't mean they hated it. And I just feel like over this past weekend, so many people get so defensive because somebody else doesn't like a movie and they have to be like, climb on her soapbox and be like, how dare you? This is why it's like, Hey, it worked for you. Great, man. It didn't work for me as much. That's all. So with that spirit, I think this conversation will be very much, Hey, let's figure it out. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this conversation is going to be a lot of fun and very much, uh, very respectful, very, you know, everyone's in the respectful film <laughs> discussion on the internet yeah. in the year of 2022. <laughs> Uh, so before we get into obviously talking about this movie, the movie of the week, which is, of course, Matt Reeves, The Batman. Taylor, what have you been watching? Um, I only watched two other films this week because we saw The Batman twice. And then I watched I finally watched Shiva Baby, which I've been wanting to watch for like a whole year now um, and just never got around to. It's a really interesting uh, little kind of self-contained film that i actually really enjoyed it's uh it's very uncomfortable uh if you if you don't enjoy like awkward kind of just moments that give you secondhand embarrassment or awkwardness it's probably not for you and a lot of the times those movies don't work for me just because i do get very easily like like that but this one was fun it's funny um <clears throat> it's very emotional it's, it's just a good little film, and I would recommend it to anyone who hasn't checked it out. The other film that I watched that I'd never seen before was The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, and that is a ride of a film. <laughs> that, like, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's very visually out there. It's very trippy. Some of, some of the effects hold up, some of them not so much, but the cast is 
wild. Uh, it's it's part of my uh, Andrew Garfield filmography watch through that I'm going through at the moment. And watching Heath Ledger in this film was rough for me, more rough than I thought it was going to be. To be perfectly honest, I wasn't sure how I would feel about it. But it's like it was really jarring in a way that I don't think I was ready for. Um, but also, it probably didn't help that the movie is very, I don't want to say confusing, because confusing is not the right word. But it left me with a lot of questions that I'm I'm still thinking about. And still, like, I might need to honestly watch it a second time just to, like, deal with processing what I saw when I watched it. So that's what I've been watching this week. All right. JT? Terry Gillum. Uh Yeah. I remember that movie because it's the movie Heath Ledger wasn't able to finish. So they brought in these other actors to help finish the role. And they kind of wrote it in that these other actors, are, it's the same character. But yeah, very interesting. I never saw it. Uh, it's something I probably should go back and give it a look just because, listen, Terry Gilliam's always going to make a weird movie. It's never going to be straight down the middle. So that's interesting. I haven't heard anybody bring up that movie in so long. Did you reach? Did you go for it just because Andrew Garfield? I'm literally going through his IMDb and just watching anything okay. he's in because um, I might be trying to work on something with that, depending on how I feel at the end of it. But so I was just going through and I didn't even know he was in the film. All yeah. I had remembered about it was that Heath Ledger was part of it. And then they had to do a bunch to work around the fact that he had died. Mm -hmm. And so I just never watched it because I didn't know if emotionally I was going to be able to do that. Um, and then I was like, all right, I guess I just I got to do it. Finally, it's got to happen. And watching it knowing that they had to like cast people to work around certain things i would have been fascinated to see what the story would have been like if they didn't have to do that because i do mm. think it actually adds something interesting to the story that wouldn't mm -hmm. have been there before like it kind of adds another layer to it that uh, that doesn't actually take me out of the film i think it works for the story they're trying to tell but it's very interesting yeah, that sounds interesting. You know what's even more interesting? I actually saw a musical that I loved. 2021, the year of the musical, it beat me down. I couldn't get on board with any of those movies. And I don't quite know why this would work for me, but it did. Peter Dinklage is amazing in the film. I really like the music. I think maybe because it was a time period, because it was kind of a classical film, the music is kind of classical. Uh, if you guys ever seen the movie Once, that's a favorite film of mine. And the main actor from that shows up in this movie and sings. And I was like, oh, my God, they actually got really good, talented musicians to sing in this movie. Now, Peter Dinklage, not a great singer. He kind of talks his dialogue, but he's surrounded by some great uh, pieces of music and just musical moments. There's this one song that gets revisited throughout. Yeah, I, I can't quite put my finger on why – I like this movie so much, but I did. I, I thought Joe Wright made a beautiful looking film. I actually cared about the characters who were you're supposed to be invested in, which I think was a lot of the issues I had, especially with West Side Story. Like I made it pretty clear that I just did not buy the romance between the two leads. The complete opposite for me with Cyrano. I thought the you could feel the tension, you could feel the love, you could feel the heartbreak, really. And yeah, just absolutely love Cyrano. I never. I thought I was double musicals. I, I threw it out the window, and just when you know you do something like that, this movie comes out and surprises you. I left the theater and I looked at April, and she was like, uh, "Did you like it?" I was like, "April, I didn't like it. I loved it." And we were just like so happy. We were like, "Yeah, we liked the musical." So, Cyrano, everybody, go see it. I think Pierre Dinklage should have got nominated 
for best actor. He gives a heartbreaking, beautiful performance. I don't know if the, a lot of people can be. I think wonder. I wonder if it being pushed back so far just really hurt it. And I think that's a lot of people. What, see I, it. I think. I think COVID, this Cyrano is the movie that COVID really hurt. That um, the uh, la- the latest wave really hurt Cyrano because they had to push it back and they had to cancel their academy screenings. And I, I, I do think that that did impact it. And I, I think it probably did cost Inkledge an Oscar nomination. I, I also personally i don't know if anyone else agrees but i honestly think the late surge that tick tick boom got i think garfield kind of s- swept in there and possibly took a spot that yeah. dinklage could have had just because like especially yeah. with west side story too like a lot of the times it's for me it feels like they kind of pick one musical that mm. they want to support and so there's like three <laughs> that yeah. people are like trying to i don't know the it just west feels side like story. yeah yeah I just feel yeah. like he kind of was he was kind of the one that got shoved out amongst all of that happening plus all the covid stuff. That's a shame. Well, I mean I, Garfield gives a great performance tick tick boom I can't take anything away from him but uh this movie just worked for me better as a whole and his performance really carries the film from beginning to end same way Garfield does not taking anything away from Garfield. Uh this one just worked for me better and I feel bad that it didn't get as much attention. I feel like it kind of got left behind and now the batman's out no one's gonna go see it uh but you know drew mcweeney friend of the sh- you know friend of mine in front of you guys he put in his top 10 of the year i saw a lot of love for this film come out afterwards and i wish i would have saw it last year because i definitely would have made my top 10 of the year i uh, loved it so yeah there you go i'm not a I'm the grinch's heart grew five <laughs> times larger because i like this i like the musical all right <laughs> And Let's, you haven't watched anything. And I haven't watched anything. I just watched the Batman <laughs> twice. That's that's basically been my week. Yeah, uh, there's a, week. a lot of there's a lot of sport. All right, there's I, yes. I'm like head first into sport right now. Mm. All right, let's dive into arguably the biggest movie of the year, biggest movie of the week, easily the biggest movie this week. We are of course talking about Matt Reeves, the Batman. I don't care what happens to me. It's only going to get worse for you. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? I'm vengeance. When the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. Taylor, what did you think of the Batman? Oh, boy. What did I think of the Batman? I guess... I guess I'll just start off by saying I wasn't sure what to think of the Batman when it first got announced and there wasn't really anyone attached to the project outside of Matt Reeves. Um, I was excited because I like Matt Reeves as a filmmaker. But once they announced that Robert Pattinson was attached, I was so intrigued. I was so happy that to me it felt like they had cast someone that people weren't really expecting for the most part, it felt like it wasn't a safe choice for them to make. 
Um, and that that really made me excited, especially because Pattinson is a wonderful actor that a lot of people refuse to acknowledge is a wonderful actor because all they refer back to is Twilight and they haven't paid attention to anything he's done since then. So I was really excited about the project. I really loved that little teaser that they had released at the first the first time they promoted it at DC Fandom where they had only shot like 25% of the film and then released a, a teaser. And that got me very, very excited in terms of the tone they were going for um, from what we could tell. So going into this movie, I was probably more excited about a Batman movie or about a movie featuring Batman than I had been in a long time. And I left the theater being like, I need the sequel now. Like, I just need them to just play part two, like, immediately right now. We'll all go through a bathroom break, and then we'll just watch the next part, and it's going to be awesome. And then I was like, we need to go see it again. And we went to go see it again the next day because we just needed to see it again. I I loved it so much. I I I didn't want to go into the film overhyped because people were so excited about it. And a lot of the times that can be a detriment to me where I just get too too high on something before I even see it left the theater was like, I didn't go in hyped enough on the, on this movie. It, it really made me a fan of Batman and Bruce Wayne in a way that I haven't ever personally been. I've never really had an attachment to that character. Um, I loved Nolan's trilogy. I love other Batman movies that kind of exist in the sphere of movies we've gotten for this character. But this movie really made me go, oh my God, I want to see more of this story with this character because I actually really care about what's happening here. Um, I posted on Twitter, I was like, is this what it feels like to be like an actual fan of Batman? Like, is this what this feels like? I don't I don't understand what's happening. Um, I have plenty to say, but I'm just going to leave that as kind of my general my general statements so that everyone knows what they're in for with with me here about how much love I'm about to just heap onto this movie when we get into spoilers. JTA? Yeah, so I'm with you on Taylor as being excited for this movie. Matt Reeves, I thought he did an amazing job with the rise, of, well, the sequel to Rise by the Apes. Dawn of the Apes, I think, is phenomenal. I think War of the Apes is good, but not quite as good as Dawn. Cloverfield, of course, and you know, the remake of Let the Right One In would let me in. So I was really excited for this. I went back and looked at my original tweet when the first teaser trailer came out during DC Fandom, and I was one of the few people who didn't love that teaser trailer. I even said that this looks cool, but my something in my gut was telling me like something just seemed off. And I also ended the tweet by saying it will probably be amazing, though. It's as probably I even said back then, I'm probably just off. Everyone else seems to be loving this trailer. I'm probably off. Now, looking back, I don't know why I had that gut reaction, but as I sat and watched this movie, I was in the same theater as a friend of ours, PJ Campbell. And immediately after the film, we talked, and a moment of relief came over him and myself because we both realized that we didn't love the movie. And he was like, I sat through that movie and halfway at one point said to myself, why am I not fully engaged in loving this movie? Because it looks amazing. The direction is amazing. The music is amazing. There's so many aspects of this film that I absolutely love. I could just put this on if I want to feel a certain way because the atmosphere is so dense and well put together. The cinematography 
is amazing. Some of the shot compositions are amazing. And yet me and PJ sat there after the movie and said to ourselves, like, why did it not, why do we not love this movie? And it came down to, for us, some of the character stuff and some of the plot points and a couple little things that I think are just, you know, my taste and like what I expect out of a Batman movie. And then I think things are more problematic with the script and how deep we get to really get to know some of these characters and some of the side stories, I think in this movie kind of detract from the stuff that I was really enjoying for the movie, which I'll get to more in the, more in the spoilers, trying to get my general thoughts without getting any spoilers. So I left the movie appreciating the production, the music, the cinematography, a lot of performances I enjoy. There's one or two performances I didn't love. I don't think they were bad. I just didn't love them. Um, and the way the story concludes was a little bit of a letdown for me. I think the third act is a little messy. And yeah, again, I will get into spoilers. So overall for me, I think some people see me tweet stuff and they think, oh, he hated it. Like I said earlier, it's either you hate it or you love it. No, there's things I love about this movie. But when it comes down to story, character, and motivation for certain things, just didn't work for me. Therefore, the movie at times didn't ever exceed – the production that I felt like was on the screen. And again, I felt like I'm a crazy person, but thankfully there are a lot of great critics out there who I've read their articles and it's like, they articulate it better than I can. There's some great writers out there. (laughs) JT is not a great writer. I do my best to mix whatever jambalaya is my brain. And I try to do my best to express what I'm thinking and feeling, but I've read some great, critic reviews of this film that really nailed it for me. Maybe I'll look up one and read one during the spoiler that kind of like nails it for me. I think the Huffington Post had a really good one that I was like, yes, this really kind of touch on what I was feeling. William Bibiani, I thought had a pretty good review. Now there are criticisms of this movie that I'm not on board with. I see a lot of people complaining. We didn't get enough, enough Bruce Wayne. Like this Bruce Wayne is not my Bruce Wayne. I could care less. You could give me a whole movie with just Batman. I don't need to see Bruce Wayne. That is not a criticism for me. Uh, to me, that is something that's just, it's like something for some people to argue about. And then, you know, if that's how they feel, that's how they feel. But to me, some of the things that are being brought up, like it's too dark. I, the first 15 minutes of this movie, I was like, hell yeah. This movie is as dark as dark can be, and I am on board. So it's not the atmosphere that was a problem for me. It's not the darkness or some of the technical things. I will say this before we get into our spoiler. My sister called me. is like, should I bring my son to go see this? I don't know if a a kid at 10 years old would enjoy this movie. (laughs) This is not a Batman movie you want to bring your kids to. I feel like this movie is borderline rated R. It is closer to the radar than I think any Batman we've had before it, especially the way this movie opens. And at being three hours, I did think it was too long. And I couldn't imagine – I could see a kid watching this halfway through the movie and, like, starts moving in his seat and starts getting bored. And it's just like, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore. Mom, let's get out of here. Let's go to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or something. I don't think this is a Batman for everybody. I don't think it's a Batman movie you should really – if you're going to introduce Batman to your kids, this is not the one to show them. This is when they get back from college and they're visiting for the holidays. <laughs> you're like, come here, son, you're ready to watch this Batman movie now. Because uh, this is not for kids. And I hate to say, you know, I hate to hear, I hate that criticism. Batman should be something everybody could watch. But I don't think kids should watch this movie out of the gate. So that's just my first thoughts. I'll get into much more detail once we get to spoilers. Um, 
So I agree to an extent that this isn't a Batman movie for everyone. No, I, I like uh, after watching it, I walked out and I went, not everyone's going to like this. And I knew and I knew that not everyone was going to like it because I think it's a it's a movie that is, yes, a more a slower, more methodical and a, a, a deeper look into the character of Batman and to what does and what is what is the actual symbol of Batman? And I think that and we'll get into spoilers about that talk, but. So I, I did walk out going, not everyone's going to love this. I adore this movie. I think this is one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. I, I think it's incredibly well made. I think Matt, what Matt Reeves has managed to do with this world and this character is grow it more than we've ever seen any other director ta- uh, do with this character. Now, I don't know if, a lot, and I get a lot of people are not going to agree with where they've grown it and how they've grown it, but I do believe that Matt Reeves has taken this character and gone, what can I do that's unique and different with this character that no one's ever done before? Uh, given the history of this film and that it was originally meant to have been a Ben Affleck movie until they decided, nope, we're just going to reboot and go from start from scratch, I am fascinated to, to read that original script. I would give anything to read the the Ben Affleck one because I'd be fascinated to know how much of that Ben Affleck movie is in this movie. But overall, I think Robert Pattinson is terrific as Batman. I, I think he is incredible. And I, I think that we got a real effortless Batman and, and someone who is still younger, still learning and still, growing into the role of of what is this Batman. Uh, the opening 15 minutes is probably the scariest I've ever felt as Batman. I think the opening 15 minutes are... The opening 15 minutes do something that the Nolan movies tried for three movies and, never, and were never able to succeed. This movie does a lot of things that the Nolan movies try and do and just don't nail, and I think this movie it, it manages to nail. But, Let's revisit that spoilers. Oh yeah, we will. I no, we definitely that. will. See, this is why I didn't say a lot during my yeah, non-spoiler because no, you guys keep bringing yeah. up stuff that fair I want to reply to, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. All that's right. why I was but, when you guys said general. That's why I was very, all right. very general. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm okay. gonna end on. I'm going to end on. I think this yeah. is one of the best superhero movies of the year. If it is not in my top ten by the end of the year, we are in for one of the greatest years of film we've ever had. Let's move into spoilers. Gonna put in, yeah, big spoiler alert, guys. We are talking the Batman. This could go for a while, but we are not, we are not hiding anything. We are going to be talking about all the big spoilers. So you have officially been warned spoiler alert all right i think that what this movie is doing in trying to grow batman beyond a vigilante is something that the nolan movies tried to do for three films and never succeeded and this movie nailed it in one and that's and no, and that's where I, I think that the mo- uh, the line, the line from I, I kept thinking of the line from Begins 
where he says, you know, I just want to be uh, uh, as a symbol. I can be more. Uh, I as a as a man, I can be destroyed. As a symbol, I can be more. And then in the Dark Knight, we see, oh, hey, he's inspired these people. And what Matt Reeves has decided to do is go, yeah, but what if the people he inspired weren't good? Because it doesn't take, like, for someone to dress up as a vigilante who, what Batman is, he is a criminal. He is a vigilante criminal. And Matt Reeves has gone, no, he's a vigilante criminal. What if he's, and has tried to make him more and make him a symbol of hope and here and turn him into someone that Gotham can look to and make him a symbol of hope. And I don't think it's something that I, I think that's something that the Nolan movies tried to do, but never really succeeded. I, the, the scene of him holding the flare and, and helping people out and the kid and the, the, the young girl holding his hand on the roof made me cry. I adored that scene. That scene was, I had always wanted to see that in a Batman movie and I finally saw it. And that that is something that really resonated with me and I and I absolutely adored. See, and I think you and I have a different belief of what Batman is. I never see Batman as a symbol of hope. That is not what Batman is to me in the comics, the movies, or the cartoons. He is something that is feared. He's a shadow of the night. Superman is that person of hope. Superman is the one everyone builds a statue to and it aspires to be Batman to me was always the dark Knight. He was the guy who's going to get the job done and put himself on the grenade, lay himself down for the cops to chase at the end of like the dark Knight. I'm the one who will take the fall. I'll be the guinea. I'll be, I'll be the scapegoat. I'll do whatever this city needs me to be. Cause that's what I am. I think the symbol thing that you hear begins manifests as something completely different. Dark Knight when he gives himself to the, be the one who killed Two-Face. And let's, let's basically Batman be the villain in order for the city to heal and come together. I don't want Batman to be this. I don't want kids running around with super Batman lunchboxes and, you know, capes on Halloween being like, I want to be like the Batman. He's my hero. To me, that's never what Batman's been in any of the comics that I read or any of the graphic novels that I read. So I understand Matt Reeves trying to do that. And I just don't think that's as interesting as a story as for what Batman needs to be. I, I understand the part where like the vigilanteism, he sees these guys <sighs> who are basically internet trolls that were <laughs> radicalized by the Riddler. That whole thing we'll get into later. I think that was pretty dumb. Um, and he recognizes one of the guys at the end. <laughs> and yeah, the whole Riddler, his whole plan just kind of deteriorated as the movie went on for me. Uh, the fact that he had a, he was trying to wash the whole city with floods. So you could, we'll get into that later. That didn't work for me. So for me, just what you said about him being the hope and the symbol of hope, that to me is against what to, I always thought Batman to be. So I think I just fundamentally disagree with the way Matt Reeves went with that. Um, so, yeah, I had to say that. <laughs> no, it's just interesting to me because I don't have set expectations of what I ever thought Batman as a character should be or was. Um, like, I grew up watching Batman movies, but I was never familiar with Batman comics or any like, animated stuff or anything like that. Uh, okay. um, so for me, Batman has just been whatever I've seen in a, in a movie screen and that wasn't even really until i was a bit older um mm. batman was was not 
didn't have a huge presence in my life when I was a kid. Um, and so for me, I never really go into a Batman movie with set expectations of what I think the character should be. And I don't fault people who do, because obviously there are people who, who have like, that's a huge thing for them. They, they understand this character and it means Mm -hmm. something to them for a specific reason. For me, that's never been the case. Um, I always just go in looking for, a movie that I think is well-made where the character makes sense and the story makes sense and, and just the things you look for in a good movie, whatever that means to you. So for me, I don't know exactly what it was, but going into this movie and watching the character arc that I think is one of the most complete character arcs we get for, for a Bruce Wayne Batman in one movie, just in one oh. self-contained movie. Can you I break think- that down for me? What you think that was? Cause I- I'm really interested to hear what you thought the arc was for Batman. Well, it's, what Jacob and, was, it, it's what Jacob was talking about. It's oh, okay. he, he wants to be, you know, vengeance. I am vengeance. And he starts off in this place and then he realizes what that, you know, what that is inspiring in Gotham. It's actually making Gotham worse because the wrong people are taking the wrong inspiration from what he's doing. And then by the end, we do see him kind of try to want to adjust to be that symbol of hope. And I do think that is is an arc that really works for me. It doesn't sound like it worked for you and it's not what you wanted out of a Batman film, which I understand. But for me, mm-hmm. it just felt so satisfying. Like, so I get let me what ask you this. Oh, yep. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to need you guys to help me. I feel like more than no, that's anything. Um, what like at the end, why do you think he saw this guy who was basically you know recruited by the riddler why did you think he saw that as something that they like i don't i didn't feel like that guy knew who batman was and was like i'm with like i'm with batman let's go and get because the riddler because the riddler was inspired because the the i think the most i think the scene that is one of the most important in the movie that no one's talking about is batman meeting riddler because in that scene the riddler tells him you inspired me you, I am your, I, you are my idol. I adore you. He I thinks look they're like, a team. He, he thinks, tells he, them they're a he, team. And that, mm-hmm. that moment terrifies Bruce as this is what I've inspired. And I get what you are saying earlier that in the Nolan movies, Bruce goes, I have to be the dark knight. I have to be the one that can be the bad guy. Gotham didn't need any more bad guys in this movie. Gotham needed a hero. And I think so. I, I essentially I, I agree with what you're saying in that Batman is is being what Gotham needed. The problem was in this movie, bro, Gotham needed someone to to actually be the hero. And I can fix this. I can come in and, and you know, there's there's four good guys in this entire movie. And the, Bruce is the first one to be able to actually go, no, I can fix this by not being vengeance and just going at night and beating the crap out of everyone but instead by showing people that there is good that there can be people who will lift up and be good and and he did that by leading them out of the like at the end is that what what scene yeah they 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 they, they stopped fearing batman and and they became and and they actually like started looking at him as the hero and no he Hmm. is he is someone who is going to help us and will be and will help this city because I think the mayor is one of the more important characters and her being, I I, I do, I think her arc isn't 
Um, her arc isn't incredibly well written. I do think I would agree with that, that I think it could have used a little bit more touch, uh, touch up, but I do think her at the very end of the film is very important of going up and helping the kid is the, the kid at the end is very much a, I see myself in this kid. And that's fairly obvious how, how it handles that. Like at the beginning where he's staring at this kid and goes, that's, that was me. Like, you know, he, I, I found my parents murdered. I, or I, you know, so that, and you know, the kid coming up and running up to Batman just is a, to me, the, the statement of, I, he's, he's moved beyond being vengeance. He's moved beyond just this. I'm doing this because I'm doing this because of my parents. He's not doing it because of his parents anymore. He's doing it because Gotham needs him to. Well, and I think it's interesting because I, I, I do think that puts the character in an interesting place to move forward because he's going to have a struggle going forward now where it's like, how do you be the vigilante guy who's still, who's still struggling internally with that vengeance kind of thing? Obviously that's not going to fix itself overnight. So he's got to deal with that. But then also he's clearly come to this realization to me that he can't just be vengeance because that's pushing the city in the wrong direction. But the city also doesn't fully trust Batman at this point, right? They're just kind of tentatively, they're kind of tentatively trying to feel out whatever this new relationship they have is. I think there's a lot of gray area that we're left with in terms of how does the city move forward? How does Batman move forward? How does Bruce move forward? Because there are a lot of questions now in terms of, so is he someone that the police want to cooperate with? Is he someone that people still distrust? How does he use the fact that he's Bruce Wayne going forward? You know, how does how does he kind of become that that billionaire playboy kind of public figure that everyone complains wasn't in this movie, but will develop into that to kind of help the city? Like, I just think we're left in such a fascinating place by the end of this movie. I think also, you know, what you were saying with the cops, the he's a throwaway character, but that throwaway cop that at first is like, no, you can't come in here at all. Like at when, when um, he first goes to the crime scene, no, you can't come in here. And then at the end is working with him. I think that's a microcosm of what the film is, is they're starting to trust him and work with him. And he's starting to become this symbol for the city. And I, I think that that to me is why I really like this. This, this brings me to one thing I thought while watching this movie. Batman in this movie seems, you know, I've always, again, I'm not going to try to compare this to the Nolan films and everything else I digested before this. But to me, the movie opens with him, with Commissioner Gordon, walking through all these cops. That would never, I feel like the fact that he was even able to do that so early on in the movie almost didn't make sense to me. It's like they just accept that this guy in a bat suit is allowed to come into the crime scene. I know he's only year two Batman, but the way this Batman felt to me throughout this movie, he just kind of is like roaming the streets. It's almost as though like if you were visiting me in Gotham, say my cousin came to visit me in Gotham and he saw Batman while we were riding the train. I'm like, oh yeah, this is crazy guy. <laughs> he walks around Gotham. His name's Batman. He punches people. He, he's just kind of nuts. It's almost like he's accepted as part of the town instead of being this thing in the night which the beginning of this movie the first 15 minutes i love because all these that montage of different people being scared just by seeing the bat symbol 
I was like, hell yes. I was so on board with the movie so early from the beginning because the way they were so scared and every time they showed a dark corridor was Batman there. Like, and people were literally just dropping whatever they did to go out and not get caught by the Batman. And then the Batman, you know, I thought it was cool hearing the footsteps as that guy was getting about to get beat up off the train. And then he just beats their ass. But throughout the movie, I felt like Batman was never the, you know, the shadow of the night. He was never like this guy who uses stealth and, you know, his, you know, back in the other movies, his ninja skills, he literally, (laughs) it's just weird to see Batman go to a place where he knows the penguins at and knows this is basically an underground, like criminal hangout. And what does he do? Hey, uh, let me, yeah, it's my dog. Freaking out because I knocked. Talking about Dobbin. Um, <laughs> he literally knocks on the front door in a bat suit, and two guys open up the door like, "What do you want, Dobbin?" Sorry, um, <laughs> I should have knocked on the door. Um, <laughs> it's just like when I was like, "Batman, just knock on the front door." The bad guys Larry said, "I'd like to speak to the Penguin." I, if I'm with the door guy, I'm like, are you serious right now? You, you, you're a crazy dude who wears a bat suit and walks around Gotham, and I'm not going to let you in here. And then by literally not till the end of the movie, he finally decides he's going to sneak in and be like the Batman I know a little bit more. But it was just – it was really hard for me to watch this movie and be like, this guy – I thought we were skipping to year two where he was at least somewhat of a Batman instead of a guy in a bat suit walking around hanging out with cops – Walk, knocking at doors to talk to people at the bar, it really bothered me. No, nah, I, I, I disagree. I really loved that this Batman got his ass kicked. I loved it. I, I was. Oh, I, I have I no problem with his ass kicked. There's no I, problem. But with I, that. no, I, I loved that he was. He's still a rookie. He's still learning. I, I, I really did like that. I, I thought that we, we got this. <laughs> inexperienced and young Batman who uh-huh. is making mistakes and then who uh-huh. learned the second time walk in as, ba- as Bruce because walking in as Bruce worked for him. And I thought that that was, I liked that. I, I really uh-huh. did like that idea. So walking as Bruce? He walked as Yeah. Back. The second, well, the, oh, no, the, second oh, the second time he walked, time. the second okay. time he walked in as Bruce. And I, 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 I thought that this movie did a, I, I really liked that. We were seeing a Bruce learn and becoming like we 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 got an origin story without getting the I'm shooting uh, without getting the parents being murdered and I I, I liked that I I, I yeah. really did enjoy that this movie was kind of we're not going to give you the this is how he bought the suit and this is how he did all this yeah. but we're actually giving you the him learning how to be Batman and not I'm spending 12 years off somewhere else learning ninja skills and becoming, you know, and and working with the League of Assassins. I'm instead learning how to to use those skills inside Gotham. And I I did like that idea. It felt like Taxi Driver in a way where it was just a crazy guy, who, but instead of, you know, Ryan Taxi all night, he put on a bat suit. And I know that Matt Reeves took a lot of the 70s, like old old school films like Chinatown 7. I mean, he's mixed a lot of different movies in this. But to me, it didn't feel like I was seeing Batman. I felt like I was seeing a crazy guy in a bat suit who, 
Batman, what makes him cool is, yes, he's a detective, which I think this movie does well. Out of all the Batman movies I've seen, this is the most detective Batman that we got. But I also don't want to lose the fact that, you know, you watch Batman Begins, and the first time he attacks, the, on the scene at the harbor where he attacks for the first time as Batman, it plays like a horror movie. You don't mm-hmm. see him. It flashes by. People are being whisked off. The tension in that scene is almost the complete opposite of what Reeves does in this movie where he just walks out of the shadow and beats up a bunch of guys. To me, that is – you couldn't have two different ways of taking out a group of bad guys. One through fear, psychological warfare, through skills of that Batman has learned throughout years. It is literally, I think, the best way you can introduce Batman as something – a creature of the night, something that criminals would fear compared to just walking out of the shadows in army boots and being like, I'm just going to punch you all down. To me, Batman Begins, that that scene at the harbor, is one of the best ways to show this guy who is in a bat suit and has these skills and is using them to put fear into these guys that think they're almost fighting something that's not human, like something out of the night. Whereas this one, it's a guy in a bat suit who walks out of shadows, knocks us on the front door of the bad guy's lair, uh, you know, and just punches you in the face. When he walked in, knocked on the door, then he had to fight his way in and kind of, and these guys are shooting at him like crazy. They obviously don't want to go for the face because he'd be dead in a second. I get that. It's a movie. I'll, I'll put that aside, but it just was so un-Batman to me. And by the end, I was like, okay, maybe I could forgive this stuff. By the end, we're a little bit more to what I think Batman should be, but I don't feel like he ever gets there. He gets there a little bit. Maybe that's for the sequel, but I can only judge this movie on what it's shown and what it's done so far. I, 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 think, he def- I think he definitely gets there in the um, final fight. But Again, I don't think we should be comparing any Batman we've ever gotten on film before to this one because he's not in his same place in the journey. You can't tell me that a Batman that's been Batman for a long time, like every other film we've gotten, and this Batman should be in the same place, personally. Like, I think that would be such a boring, lazy way to tell a story in terms of he's honed all his skills. He knows how to sneak around in the night and be this menacing, polished kind of a dark night a set like to me that that doesn't make sense if pattinson's batman would have walked out and had the same kind of polished way about him that we get in batman begins and we get in other films i just don't think it would make sense to me because then to me what's the point of making a year two batman like why well, why do i want to watch the same character we've gotten before and not get to watch that growth period that we've gotten in this film where not only is Bruce trying to figure out what he wants, he's trying to figure out what Batman is and what Batman means and what it's like to live as Batman essentially, because in this movie, he's basically like, I don't want to be Bruce Wayne ever for any reason. I don't care what happens to Bruce. Like that doesn't matter to me at all, which I think is fascinating. But also you have Gotham trying to figure him out in this movie, right? This isn't a Gotham that fully understands who the Batman is at this point what he represents, what it even is. Uh, You have, again, in that scene where he walks up out of the shadows and and just starts wailing on this group of guys, at first they don't really know what to make of him because Gotham Mm -hmm. is still figuring it out, you know? And and the moments where he does walk up to to the club and they kind of just, like, laugh laugh at him and they don't really know what to make of it, I think that's fascinating to get to be placed right in the middle of a Gotham that really doesn't know what they're dealing with like is he a serious threat is it just some crazy guy walking around in a bat costume and we don't know yes. but we're about to figure gr- it out 
That's a great point, which makes it so much harder for me to believe he's going to walk into an investigation after the you know somebody who's running for mayor, the mayor gets killed. Like, if you're going to show me this early Batman, don't have him walking into an investigation as I, a vigilante in a bat suit. He's not the Batman that you know who earned that yet. I think it shows the respect uh, that, and I think I think that is a way of just instantly going. This is where Gordon is. This is who Gordon is, and this is where Gordon is in his career. Everyone in the, every one of those cops, Gordon becomes commissioner. You don't become mm-hmm. commissioner from a, from a detective, all right? Like it shows that Gordon is is incredibly respected amongst the cops, and that's why. Um, and Gordon saying, and Gordon being like, he's with me, deal with it, and everyone just has to, and everyone just accepts it. Other than the commissioner who was his old partner. And I think gotcha. that is the, that's the reason why it didn't take me out of it. I think it, it was used to go, this is Gordon who is mm-hmm. that much higher within the industry, within the um, police department. I'll say two things about that. One, um, we don't know what the history with him and Gordon is. I wish we could have got a little more backstory of like, I, I don't need, you know, I think Batman does a good job, but like I would have liked a little backstory as far as like what the relationship was and how he learned that relationship, how he earned that respect from Commissioner Gordon. I also love Jeffrey Wright as an actor. I didn't love him as Gordon. I feel like he was missing, and I'll say this because Gordon, you know, as I know the character and I know, you know, you, you got to bring some of the stuff you know from the comics mm-hmm. and the other movies. He is never somebody who bows down to, to Batman. He's not somebody who is going to be told by Batman what to do. He's a very strong-willed person, and he'll argue with Batman and even fight with him. In this one, he just felt like he he was like Batman's, you know, get cut the line free card. Jeffrey Wright is just literally almost felt like the Robin to the Batman in this movie. He's I... like, what should we do? To, what do you think we should do here, Batman? Batman, what do you think of this? All right, I'll help you get out of here, Batman. It's like, dude, Gordon is such a strong character and such a self- you know, he's somebody who takes charge. He's a general that you would run into battle with. And I never got that sense from Jeffrey Wright in this movie. I don't blame Jeffrey Wright. I think he's a great actor. I think he's 100% capable of doing that. I just don't think this movie ever gave me the Jeff, the Gordon that I feel like the soldiers would run into battle with. Like they do that in a Dark Knight Rises or something. I, I, I think that this Gordon is very much also is coming into in, is coming into his own as who, who is this Batman guy. He knows that Batman's the only one he can trust. He can't try. He knows he can't trust anyone else. Um, and I think that that's why he is so willing to do whatever he, he wants. And he know he, I think Gordon is kind of like, he's smarter than me. He knows he's, he's yeah. better at this <laughs> than me. And I think that's why he just, he accepts it. I, I I think that he knows that he can help. And with this case, especially, I, I also think that, and, and this is something you could maybe criticize the movie. I don't think the movie that, that the movie acknowledges enough that this is the first time this has happened. This is the first real genuine bona fide super villain that, that Gotham's faced. I think well, that I don't know. We see somebody in jail a little bit later. I don't know what uh, his backstory I'll, I'll, is. I'll get I'll get to that, but I think <laughs> okay. that this I, I think that this this movie really goes to show that like 
this is this is a step up from what they're normally facing, which is just mobsters. And mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of the whole point. I a lot of people have criticized that the movie stops halfway through to focus on the mobsters and stops focusing on the Riddler and focuses instead on the mobsters. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I my my favorite way to do the Waynes has always been that the Waynes weren't good people that we thought they were, but they weren't because yeah, that to me is right. fascinating. That to me is fascinating. It's who are you as a, as Batman, who, what, what are you actually fighting for? You're fighting yeah. for these dead, you're, you're, you're fighting for these dead people who are actually, who weren't the greatest people who made mistakes, mm-hmm. who, and, and so when the movie decides we're no longer like, you know, the, the Riddlers opened this can of worms now you have to deal with this can of worms. I really loved that. I thought that was fascinating. And I and I that's kind of why I didn't the movie doesn't lose me during those scenes because I'm not sitting there going, Where's the Riddler? I just want to go back to the Riddler because I really loved diving into the who were the Wentz. Now I will admit the movie maybe right now, if we take this movie at its if you take this movie at its face value right now, yes, I would agree. The movie kind of does want to have its cake and eat it too. And it does kind of pull its punch by going, he made a mistake and now we're paying for it. But I will, I do, I do think that that's coming back. And I, Mm -hmm. I really think that we're going to go, Bruce is going to have to deal with that mistake again. This isn't a one-time thing, and I think that we are going to see the growth of that mistake because while it was, while the movie does go, it was a mistake and it cost them their lives, and you know, hey, they're not really the villains; they just made a mistake, but it ultimately did kill somebody. So. I do think we are going to explore that. I'd be shocked if we didn't. I really would be shocked if we didn't explore that. No, and I just think that it's another interesting thing to bring up for, you know, the the crowd that maybe feels like we didn't really get a lot of Bruce Wayne in this film. Um, Just having that kind of moment to step away and have him actually confront something uh, having to do with what, the Batman symbolizes because of how much he's thrown himself completely into the Batman. He doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He doesn't want to deal with his family's money. He doesn't want to care about any of that stuff. And then as the Batman, he's trying to deal with the Riddler, which then in turn ultimately makes him face that thing that he doesn't want to deal with. The fact that he is Bruce Wayne and that now the fact that he is Bruce Wayne is completely connected into the havoc that Riddler is wreaking onto the city. He he is pulled into essentially being like, you can't run away from this. You're trying to run away from being Bruce Wayne, but we're just going to pull you right back into the fact that it's all tied back to the thing that you're running away from. And it really forces him to, to confront that. And I do think you're right. I do think that was kind of just the introduction mm-hmm. into him having to face that. And I do think going forward, we will see that revisited again. We can only really judge it based on the, what we've gotten in this film. Um, I had the same kind of experience when No Way Home came out, and we watched Spider Man, and then retroactively, I had opinions on the other Spider Man films because of how it all ended up tying in. 
But I do think it was an interesting way for this movie, just in a self-contained way, to kind of force him to have to deal with the things that he's not wanting to deal with. Yeah, so I played the Batman Telltale games. Have you guys played that? Yeah. So, and they really, the first game literally yeah. deals with this exact same subject matter. When I saw the trailers, I put two and two together. I knew this was going to be a plot in the movie. And I was excited to see that Batman have to deal with that. But this movie feels like before I could even get Bruce Wayne to really even deal with it, it's completely undercut with that scene with Andy Serkis. It's almost like he resets him to a point where he pushes it aside, maybe for a second film, like you said. But for me, it was disappointing not to see him really have to deal with it in this movie. When he found out, I was like, this is a great reveal. I thought it was the tension really built up. I was like, he's really going to have a hard time with this. How is this going to affect him going forward throughout this movie? And then almost immediately we get the scene with him and Andy Serkis. Serkis is like, no, no, no. It's not like that. Yeah, they did some bad stuff. And from that point on, it's almost not an issue after that. Obviously, the Riddler, it's still an issue for him because he put his whole plan into motion. But I really felt the movie let me down as far as really exploring what it means when somebody who holds mean of existence of vengeance is undercut when he finds out that his parents, the game did a much better job of exploring that, I feel, than this movie. And I can, look, I can agree with that. If I going solely on this movie and and that yeah, and, I, and I and I would which yeah we do like I mean as human beings we won't do that yeah. though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> let's but be like, real <laughs> but that's my like going solely off this movie it does pull its punch and I but there is a part of me that goes I can see it coming and that's kind of why it doesn't impact it doesn't hit me the way that it's like this is a pulling of the punch. Um, because I can't now. If we get to the end of this trilogy, whatever, and they've never touched it again, then yeah, I'll be like, okay, you pulled your punch. You weren't mm-hmm. willing to do it, and then I'll get annoyed. But right now, I just—it's I, just how I watch this movie. I can't because I can see where the sequel's going and how they're going to deal with it. I—I I will say this: even if we never touch this again, I don't think it pulls its punches. Just personally for me. Mm. And the reason I say that is because I don't think you need everyone to agree for the punch to be there. I think everything is so gray and his Alfred's perspective is going to be completely different than a perspective we get of someone like the Riddler Mm. or someone that we get who was in the mob that was involved with the Waynes or like, I don't see it as a pulling punches. Like if, if I was like, Oh yeah, my, best friend uh you know he got this guy killed but uh he was a good person i'm gonna be like well he's my best friend and he was a good person and there's he he had a reason for doing what he was doing i don't see it as pulling punches um just like i i really think it's kind of giving you a couple of different perspectives really on how people were affected by the situation how people perceived the situation and then how people coped with the fallout of the situation, especially with Alfred trying to relay it to Bruce. Like, I feel like there's a bit of a, a softness mm. there, a bit of a, a way that he's going to handle it. That's going to be different than other people. But also I don't think we're done with it because of the way that, you know, they, they talked about how all oh, the Waynes did these terrible things and then they weren't perfect. And then they t- tie that in with the whole Arkham thing. And then we get the flashes of, 
the the uh, prisoner who shall not be named. And then (laughs) I really do think this is tying into a a buildup, but which would make no sense to me if they don't build off of this and continue. But even even if they don't, I really don't see any of it as pulling punches. I, I saw it as kind of a couple of different perspectives on an event and how these different people were choosing to relay how they saw it playing out. Hmm. Um, that's fair. No, I, I, I can appreciate that. So I just had a very different perspective on yeah. watching this film, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this question, because I think you guys both seem to love Pat- Patterson as Batman, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't dislike him. I didn't love him, but I thought he did a good performance. For, to me, the movie fails me more in the writing of the character motivation and the plot than it does the actors. Like, I think, I don't, like I said, I don't blame Jeffrey Wright. For, I know he's an amazing actor. If he was given that material, I think he would knock it out of the park. Pattinson, for me, the few times we do get Bruce Wayne, he is so in, you know, because he's Batman. 24-7, and he is just very moody and very, you know, goth, my chemical romance. I'm ready to just sit in the rain in my cave because it, I'm not going to say it's one note, but it doesn't leave a lot of room for him to react. And that's why I kind of wanted him to really deal with something when it came to him finding about his parents. I was like, okay, this is going to wake him up a little bit. And he's really going to have to deal with this. And he, I guess he does with – Andy Serkis in that scene, but I guess I just wanted more. Again, I'm also saying I don't need Bruce Wayne throughout this movie. I'm fine with it being Batman 95% of the time because I think that's a real interesting way to do it. I would love to see a Batman movie that takes place all in one night where we never see Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne. I think that'd be an amazing uh, film where you just the whole night is like Batman on one case. Uh, I think that'd be really interesting. That's just me wishing for a different movie. Um, but so for me, Robert Pattinson, I think he's good in this movie. I think he has a really good look as the Batman in the suit. He goes for the kind of Ryan Gosling drive approach. I'm going to say everything with my body movement and my look. I'm not really going to be a very vocal person, which honestly works for Batman. Uh, but I do think, and this is, I'm curious, you guys are probably going to disagree with me on this. A lot of people do. Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman is so charismatic, and I think she's great in this movie. I think she's one of the highlights of the film. But I don't understand how she has any feelings for this Batman when he is just kind of stone cold, (laughs) emotionless, and kind of dead-eyed throughout the whole movie. And listen, you put a two liter of water, and it could have chemistry with Zoe Kravitz. She's just that magnifying and sexy and just has so much charisma to her. I, I had trouble buying that relationship. I'll go to Taylor on this one. Taylor's the expert when it comes yeah. to relationships <laughs> and like chemistry. Did you feel like these two had chemistry or do you think anybody would have chemistry with like Kravitz? Because I just feel like, why does she like this Batman? Because he's peeping toming her through a window while she's getting undressed, which was creepy. And like, I just, I don't buy, I hear a lot of people say, oh, the chemistry between parents and Zoe. I'm like, I see a dead-eyed vigilante who wants nothing but to sit in the darkness and this amazingly sexy charismatic woman who just i guess takes a liking to it um i i think i fall somewhere in the middle i don't think that they have insane explosive chemistry in the way that some people are talking about but i do think that 
again, this is like the beginning chapter of this. So to me, I see it as she's curious about him. He's curious about her. There, There's enough kind of going on there where it's the start of something. Like there's clearly a start of something. I don't think I was ready for them in this movie based on the chemistry for them to like make out in an alley or anything like that. Like that's not where okay. I thought this was going. To me, it was they're curious about each other. There's enough of maybe a, a beginning attraction there. But to me, it was more um, Catwoman in this instance is doing whatever she needs to do to accomplish what she needs to accomplish. So to me, her interest in him in this film was more a device than anything else. Um, she was kind of not using him, but but she was more, you know, uh, to me, to me, cat to me, Catwoman in a lot of senses is she's has her feminine wiles and she's going to use them however she needs to use them and like mm-hmm. you said who's not going to be attracted to zoe kravitz like that's just that's just what's going to happen um i also think that again from his side he's curious he's intrigued i think it's pretty clear that he's attracted to her but because he's like so locked into just trying to be batman yeah. That he's like, there are scenes to me where you can tell he's like holding, holding back (laughs) on any sort of like, Mm -hmm. he's like clamping it down. He's like, absolutely not. But I do think going forward, that's going to change. Like, I do think that their relationship and their chemistry will build, but I definitely don't see the, the huge like spark that a lot of people Mm -hmm. have said they see. I do think though that one thing I really appreciate about Pattinson as Batman is the expressiveness in his eyes throughout the film to me. Like, to me, he does so much acting through his eyes in this crazy, like, Batman mask where I don't feel like we've always gotten that out of a lot of the Batman actors. Uh, I think that's something he accomplishes very, very well. Um, But I do think his take on the Batman and the way that it's written, obviously, but his take on the Batman in this film is very much, he's insecure. He's trying to be very stoic because he doesn't really have any concerns outside of his, whatever his mission is at the moment. And he doesn't really have a charisma or a personality that a lot of people associate with the Batman or Bruce Wayne, because at this point he is the reclusive kind of guy that doesn't really care about interacting with other people, doesn't care if he's charismatic, doesn't know how to kind of use that yet to, to get the things that he wants. Um, but I do think it could be his interaction with Catwoman in this movie that kind of starts to be part of the thing that teaches him, you know, what, what charisma looks like and how it can be used. <laughs> and, and like, I don't know, that's just kind of how I, how I read Come out of his shell a little bit. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like wake yeah, him yeah. up a little bit like, dude, you don't gotta be so gloom and yeah. serious all the time. Take yeah. a breather. <laughs> I, I, I kind of fall more into your camp, your camp of, you know, I just thought she was using him the whole time. I don't yeah. think she actually had any yeah. real, true feelings for him at all. She's and I don't like just as much though. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I, and that's what I mean. Like yeah. I think they're both just using each other, and the, mm-hmm. the kiss was just fuck it. We're two attractive people. Let's <laughs> just make out. Like I, I don't actually think that there is meant to be this. Yeah, loving chemistry between the two. I think the two of them are just uh, are using each other for 
their own purposes. And I think that that might be a relationship that's but, explored but later. Again, but it's, again, they're yeah. using each other, but clearly they're like, you're attractive, I'm attractive, all right, like, whatever. <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't really take anything away from that, yeah. from that part of the movie. Um, well, so, did, did okay. her story work for you, though? Because, like, I thought yeah. her story with her roommate was kind of like, it took away from the Riddler storyline. Because I don't know who this woman roommate is. We never got to really know what the relationship was. We never really got to meet her. She dies. It becomes a reason for Batman to use Catwoman. And then you throw on the whole her dad's Falcone. It added nothing. Nothing. He didn't I, even know. I thought, he didn't even I, know that was his daughter. He's like, whatever. I, I <laughs> Why thought, put it in there? I, I, I thought that the storyline... <sighs> I, I think it it works for what it's trying to do, um, but it comes down it does come down to one of my slight issues with it, which was the Falcon reveal because I thought that that was telegraphed from way too early. I, I thought okay. I thought that was pretty telegraphed, like when they went, but I went it's Falcon. Like uh, that's that like her character or the story. What did like I I do I do think that the whole that that side of it, it could have been reworked a little, but. I, I, I think she added more a depth to that Catwoman had she, she had stuff other than just Batman. She wasn't just tagging along with Batman. I think it brought her into the movie and brought her along and made and tied some and tied her into Riddler's case. How like how I, I think it's a plot device to, to tie Catwoman into Riddler's case because because obviously there's who is the rat. That's the whole purpose of the mm-hmm. movie is who is the rat. And that's the smoking gun of, and what's her name's the smoking gun. And but that's, her whole motivation I, I, was nothing to do with that. Her whole motivation was just to find the girl who, to who killed her roommate was basically her whole motivation. She could care yeah. less about the Riddler. She care less about what Batman was trying to do. But I think that, like, that's why it ties in together is that they both have the same, they both essentially have the same motivation to try and find this girl because both, but for, for very different purposes. And I was gotcha. fine with that. Like that, like they both, they're both trying to find this girl. One's trying to find it because he wants, because she, because he believes she knows who the Riddler is. Mm-hmm. And then, and Catwoman wants to find her because she loves her. And so mm-hmm. that, I think, I, I think it worked. Like I, I didn't have a problem. I, I like, I, I know there are people who don't enjoy the whole reveal and that he's in the movie and that they shoot their tied together and whatever. But I do think that scene at the end to me is very important where she wants to kill him. And, Batman steps in and stops it. To me, that was like the pinnacle character moment for her because it, if, if Batman doesn't step in, she straight up kills him. Like no, no question. She kills him. And to me, I like that an element of their, I guess, relationship, friendship, allyship, whatever. Um, their, like it's such a pivotal moment where he clearly cares enough about her that he wants to stop her from crossing that line that you can't uncross once you go there. And I think it's an interesting character moment for her where we see she's not really concerned with crossing lines or not crossing lines. And he is. 
I don't know. I don't know why it just works so well for me, but it feels like such a defining like character moment for both of them when that happens. It's uh, interesting, but she doesn't learn anything. I feel like she does. It shows a contrast between them, but it's not like she's like, you're right. I shouldn't kill this guy. She's like, no, I'm still going to try to kill him. It does show no. you that Batman. Well, no, I, she does. She stops killing. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think she necessarily learns anything in that um, moment, but I do think it really establishes that specific trait about this version of Batman that we're getting. Like it sets a clear line between them. And it sets a clear line of what his kind of boundary is at the moment. Um, yeah, I think and, it's and a good again, way to sh- it like, yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to show that this is a Batfleck who was basically yeah. the Punisher. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. every Batman beforehand was very much, if we kill, we're just as worse as them. So, but they stepped that pretty early on too. Like, I think Jeff, Jeffrey Wright at one point takes a gun out and he's like, I'm not, I don't have your rules. Like, I, yeah. I don't do it your way. So and I mean I think they do pre- what I thought was Wayne Manor. Like that was that was meant to be Wayne Manor, right? When they were walking through the orphanage. That he don't oh, that really? they cuz he cuz he didn't live in Wayne Manor. He lived in an apartment in an in a ta- in Wayne Tower. I read that yeah, Wayne Tower yeah. is like Wayne Manor. Okay. Yeah, but that's what okay, but like the actual manor that was outside the city limits. Uh-huh. Remember that when they go to the orphanage, I have a yeah. feeling that that's Wayne Manor, but donated as an orphanage. Oh, okay. I can see that. I ha- that's kind of the, the vibe I got too, yeah. because he lives in the giant, like in the tower, tower instead. Thing, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> you got, I got to see it again. I will say this I've seen this movie once. Mm. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it again because it's so long and there's so much going on. There's so much to pick up. I do think it is a movie that re- requires repeat viewing, uh, just mm. because once you know where a movie's going, I think you'll pick up more in the second viewing and yeah. knowing how the movie is structured and how it flows. Now I know what to look for. I am curious to see if maybe I like the movie a little bit more on my second viewing, which is hundred percent possible. It's happened. Yeah. It happened last year with green Knight. I left at the theater at green Knight, thinking I like that movie. Love saw it a second time and I loved it. I don't know if that's going to happen here, but we'll see. So can I ask, because mm-hmm. you said that the other movie that you the, the this year that this reminded you of from last year was Dune. Yes. As in like technically fantastic. Yeah. Did you uh what about Blade Runner 2049? I like Blade Runner 2049 a lot. Uh, it was probably one of my favorite movies that year. I think okay. the fact that he is an android and has can, oh. doesn't really supposed to feel emotion lends itself to the story. It borrows a lot from the original Blade Runner to the Mm. point where the last shot of that movie is basically a callback to Blade Mm. Runner. So you're stealing from one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time. And so I really, yeah, I love 2049. Okay. I I was just, I was curious more because, you know, you know, you were saying like, you know, Oh, I don't like Mm -hmm. musicals. I'm like, I don't think you really like slower, more. Well, Zodiac's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> so when I heard Z- this was like Zodiac in seven, I was like, mwah, mwah, bring it to me. Bring That's it where to I me. was going to take you. <laughs> you, had, <laughs> yeah. you your, your tweet the your tweet the other day about you know, hey, you looking forward to a Batman movie where he stands around in a room? I said, yeah, because yeah. it's a detective movie. <laughs> I, but here's it's a detective the movie. <laughs> the Batman I think of as a detective is somebody who does it mainly on his own, doesn't do it with the help of the police force. Is it being called into crime scenes along with the forensics mm. team and the other cops? 
He is somebody who literally is a vigilante that goes out and because he's better than the cops, because he's got more skills and equipment than all these other cops does, he literally is like, I'm going to have to go and do my own detective skills because these guys aren't equipped to do it. And I'm not going to help them do it. I'm going to take care of this myself. And Dark Knight Rises, I thought, did a good job of that. There's a great sequence. Now, this movie definitely shows a lot more Detective Batman. But Batman in Dark Knight does his detective work. And then he will give the clues to the police officers. Like, here's what I found. Here's the forensics from the bullets. Like, he figures things out on himself because, honestly... I think the cops, if anything, will just slow Batman down. They they are not a help. They are something that he has to get. There's something. They're almost a nuisance to Batman. There's something that he has to deal with while he's trying to solve a case because they're not quite as skilled as he is. I do wonder if in the movies going forward, if we will kind of see a friction there because of that in terms of let's say Gordon becomes commissioner and suddenly he has more responsibilities and he's his name's on everything. And he's the one that's, you know, has to kind of, he can't kind of be the, as much of a loose cannon as he can be when he's not commissioner. I do wonder if we will get to a point where there becomes that tension and he kind of stops Batman kind of stops sharing as much or kind of goes mm. off and does things on his own. And that, I don't know. I think that could be an interesting because because I, I get what you're saying in terms of like the police slowing him down and it being I do wonder if that'll come up, like if that'll become an issue mm. and that'll kind of fray their relationship a little bit. It could be interesting. All right. Let's talk about the one element we actually haven't talked about <laughs> yet. And that is, of course, the Riddler. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> really enjoyed this interpretation. I get the whole. I like, you know, I wanted to see the fun Riddler and I get that that, that 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 is a version of the character that has been what we've had forever. But I, I really liked that this version was essentially the Zodiac and was a serious serial killer that was absolutely terrifying. That opening scene, the, the scene when... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where the mayor walks past and he's just standing there, our entire theater just went, oh, Jesus. Like, yeah. it felt like a horror film. And and I really liked that. I, I, I thought every scene we got of the Riddler was terrifying. I know people haven't liked Paul Dano's performance, but I loved the interrogation scene. Uh, or the, the scene in, in Arkham where he's just going Bruce Wayne and, mm -hmm. and basically terrifying Batman because he thinks he's... He knows who he is. Mm -hmm. I really love that. I thought th that I thought that that was one of the first times we've ever truly seen on screen a one of these of Batman's villains truly have a mental breakdown. Of he is he's not just he's in Arkham because he is mentally psychotic. He's not just a serial killer. And I thought that that was. That was something that we hadn't. You don't ever really get in these movies. You it, like most of these movies, you just get a very charismatic serial killer or villain who's charismatic because that's who they are. That, that that's the type of it. That's easier on screen. This one was not he. There's well, there's you, something you see not, you see the moment it happens yeah. when when he becomes confused and erratic when all of a sudden Batman is 
not on his when he's saying you know we're not the same i'm not on your team we're not working towards a common goal and he just kind of breaks yeah which was very interesting um so what what do you think of riddler yeah i have to agree with you like i love this zodiac approach to this character i love these riddles it seemed like batman got him every single time though (laughs) but that's why he's batman i get that (laughs) um I did love, I like the look. I like the whole tape, the mask. I like the whole videos, which was a little bit, felt a little bit similar to Heath Ledger, Dark Knight. Where he's like, oh, I'm going to show you, what, you know, real, just when he's got that video camera in his face and he's doing like a social media post. Um, it reminded me of that a little bit, but I did really enjoy the Riddler for the first two thirds of this movie. I feel like mm-hmm. the movie failed him at the ending by making this whole thing with the water, these guys, you know, to have this big kind of set piece at the end felt like it went against the Riddler. Uh, give me the Zodiac killer Riddler. Don't, you don't have to throw in this big third act. We're blowing up all the dams kind of thing. Like to me, that felt like it went against what this character was. You're going to give me the most grounded down and dirty Batman ever. Then stick with it, man. Don't, End it with a bunch of explosions, water flooding, and having all these guys. And it, it, I was so excited for the mental battle that was mm. going to go between Batman and Riddler. And I got it for most of this movie. And I think that's why I was so in love with the Riddler in this film. And then I feel like, you know, maybe it's the studios, like we need a big action set piece. Why? Why? Just have it come down. I would love it, the end of this movie to be the Riddler and Batman in a room. And having to figure something out, like maybe one last riddle, make it a more of an emotional, something that really, you know, he knows he's Bruce Wayne. Instead of teasing him and then going in your cell and blowing up all these dams, have it come down to a more personal level. Instead, it became this big third act comic book movie thing, which this movie is trying not to be for about 80% of the runtime. And so while I really like the Riddler, I like Paul Dano. I feel like the end of this movie kind of failed that character and what they were going for. That's just my opinion. I think the, I get what you're saying about how it wanted to go for the big third act. And I kind of, I I get it. I, I, I kind of like the symbolism of the water of, you know, blowing up, blowing it and washing away. I know it's, (laughs) and washing away the sins of Gotham. Like like, the, the, the symbolism's, not great, but it, the I, symbolism I, I, is amazing. You <laughs> shut your mouth, right? Like I, right I, I, I kind of liked it. Like I, I kind of, yeah, know, it's man. on the nose. It's obvious. It's so on the nose. nose, but I don't know. It, it, it worked for me. Okay. I okay. If there's one scene I would cut, it would be that scene. I and which it, scene? It would be the Joker scene. It's the one I I would cut, and I get it. I don't. <sighs> I get why it's in the movie. Listening to what Matt Reeves has said about the scene, I get what he's trying to do with the scene, and I get what he's saying that, you know, even that there's always another plan, there's always someone else. I get what he's saying, and I get why. Part of me thinks it should have been Maroney, like have the Gotham, the the one who's been screwed over through this entire movie, mm-hmm. have him be kind of set up as like the villain for the next one um so i i I get look if i was making the movie i would cut it 
but I also get why he wanted it in the in there, and I get why it is. So I'm not gonna. It's an extra scene. Um, I like how they did it. I like. I'm not gonna lie. I, I like that they didn't show his face. That they didn't. That they didn't do the. That the final scene was the flip on the in into the prison cell, and they show his face, and they show that it's Barry Coogan as the Joker. I liked that, mm-hmm. but on, if it was me, I would cut it. Hell. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say to that. You basically I, just took the thing. You took the thing that I said as we left the theater and just said it as your own thing. So I don't know what else to say. I'll say this. I groaned in theater. I felt like when you buy the Blu-ray or the 4K and there's like a deleted scene that never made it to the movie, that was where that, that scene belonged. It was like, well, there is the other about, one. Oh, is there another? Oh, yeah. I heard about that one. The, there's where he goes the, to the, there's jail the one. There's the one where... Batman goes to talk to him, and, yeah. and that's the that's the deleted scene that's in that they cut from the movie. Oh God! Um, Which the scene uh, yeah did not work at all for me. Uh, I feel like they didn't want to show Barry Keegan's face because they maybe they don't have approval on how the Joker is going to look yet. But like, we're not quite ready to give the full look. We're gonna, we'll put him in the shadows a little bit, and it appears like he has no mouth. Like he's just missing. Like. This yeah, that's flesh. what that, that's what uh, Reeves was saying. Oh, that that, that instead, that it, yeah, <laughs> instead, it's just like yeah. missing that the scar. It's not a scar or anything. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Um, look, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I really don't want Joker in this next movie. Like, I really don't want Joker in like either of these next movies. Reeves like, said for me, like, I'm not gonna put him in. Basically. Yeah, no, I know he. I know he said yeah. that. I know he said that. Like for me, the next. I how I, much how much of a flex would it be if the only Joker we ever see in any of these three movies is that one scene <laughs> where he's yeah. like where you don't actually see his full face and he's just laughing in a jail cell and by the end of the trilogy people are like wait we oh my god <laughs> what I, I um, hope that's what happens I do too I, do too. I, I do really too. do too for for me going back to what we we're talking about earlier for me the next movie I I really want Hush because it's that becomes sins of the father. It's yeah, yeah. okay. Have Bruce legitimately have to deal with what his father did. Mm-hmm. Now, yep, might have been it might not have been his father's fault, but it was still his father's his father's actions caused this journalist to die. And I would that's how I that to me would be the next film. I think that would be fascinating to do. Or the Court of Owls. I want Court of Owls at some point. Court of Owls. Yeah, that'd be cool. We got to talk about Colin Farrell because I thought he killed it in this movie. Yeah. He was one of my favorite things in the whole movie. Every time he was on screen, I was like, yes, this guy is committed 110%. And I like how they set him up for sequels or apparently he was going to get the TV series. But now they're saying that's not happening. They're changing it to Arkham Asylum. They just announced that Uh, they scrapped the Penguin. They scrapped it. They. Uh, the penguin. I thought they scrapped the Gotham one. It was so there was the Gotham PD. There was yeah. the penguin, and then there was also oh, was the it Gotham show. PD that got scrapped? Then I thought the Gotham okay. PD one got scrapped. Okay, so maybe but, I uh, thought maybe they scrapped the uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, did you guys like no. Colin Farrell's penguin? I did. Like I thought he was good. I thought I unrecognizable. I I didn't know it was Colin Farrell the entire time, which is really which is good. I guess good on yeah. the makeup. Like it. 
Well, and, and his acting was great too. Oh yeah. Um, like, yeah. But I, I do think, I do like what this film did with him where it was like, we know he's not the main villain, but we need to establish mm-hmm. uh, his place in Gotham, like show, you know, that he is a part of this and then they can use that to build on it going forward. I thought it was a great introduction to his character um, where his character is clearly not front and center, but I think they did a, did a good job of establishing kind of who he is and where he fits into this world. Um, and that car chase sequence was just oh, the car chase is amazing, beautiful. That was some beautiful stuff. The best stuff was in the no. trailer. I felt like I, I felt uh, like when I saw that, I was like, they took the best part of that and they put it in the trailer. The part where he goes through the explosion, that's great. <laughs> I love it in the trailer. Everything before that, it was filmed really well. It was cool, but it was nothing like amazing for me. It was nothing like you know some of the previous Batman movies I've seen, but. I, I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. I just was a little. I love the. I love the Mapmobile. I love the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the car. The car looks yeah, cool. I love I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, I just thought actually, the sequence was meh. I I do want to say I think um, uh, John Turturro casting was inspired and absolutely brilliant casting as Falcon. Um, like I I thought basically because he's especially given the reveal that he's the rat. I thought was Mm -hmm. really clever casting from, you know, consider who Totoro plays in the Coen brothers movies. Like he's always the, the sneak, the rat, the one, like, I I just thought it was really, really great casting. Um, And I really, and I really liked Andy Serkis as Alfred. Yeah. I I thought thought he was, I, I, I thought the Alfred he was playing was the earth one. Like I'm a mil, like the, the former military person who. Michael Caine. Yeah, he but was Michael Caine, like, I, yeah, okay, but, my, but as in, as in, this one, I as more, he it's wasn't a butler. He was hired. He wasn't hired as a butler. He was hired gotcha. as security. Who then, mm-hmm. when he failed, felt I have to be. I have to look after this kid. I think uh, like that. that yeah. That's to me. Who it doesn't feel playing. like the guy who was a career butler. <laughs> yeah. Like that was not. You know, yeah. that's not where he came from. No. Yeah. I'll say this, Andy Circus, good, but not in the movie a whole bunch. But Andy Circus yeah. is always good. I, I'm hoping they flesh him out and his relationship with Bruce a little bit more in the second one. I think they rely a little bit too much in this movie that you just know who you know who Alfred is, you know who Batman is, you know what the relationship is. Um, like the scene with the explosion with the you know to the Batman and like Circus kind of gets blown up. I was just like, okay, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, not, it's not hurt. I will say I'm, this movie is terrified of being of this movie is terrified of getting the why are you showing us this again comments. Yeah, I, this movie is really scared of we don't want to show you stuff you already know again. Like so, <laughs> I, I I get what you're saying. Like it's funny. I was saying the other day. If there was one movie where you could have done it, this was the one you could have. You could have easily mm-hmm. shown them being shot again because it actually ties into the story. Like it, it actually ties. It's not just we're showing them dying because it's Batman and we have to show them dying. This one actually ties I, into who this Batman is. You could. I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm a little bit of the opinion that this trilogy could end up could end up doing things a little bit backwards in terms of like 
we're getting a lot of this like new stuff in this first movie and then going forward we could get like flashbacks or moments of like i don't know i just have a feeling that the, we might end up seeing some of that stuff just not in the first movie mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like yeah. as they start fleshing more stuff out and because next movie i really do think bruce is gonna have to deal like actually deal with a lot of the stuff we've talked about with his family name and the family history and and that kind of stuff and i do think if they focus more on that, we will get some of those moments where it's like we go back and revisit some of that stuff. So do you get, I watched this movie and so many scenes reminded me of scenes from the directly from The Dark Knight. Uh, the scene where he goes and t- goes into the nightclub and confronts Eric Roberts, the mafia guy. That felt very similar to this one where he basically breaks into a nightclub to confront the mafia guy. There's the whole interrogation scene with the Joker. There's the whole interrogation type scene. This time there's a glass between him with the Riddler. There's a social media post by the Riddler, like uh, talking to everybody. There's a Joker getting on social media or taking a camera and posting on the four o'clock news, like Joker going after like the commissioner and the mayor. Riddler going after like the mayor hopefuls and these commissioner people. It felt so many ways to me, like scenes and themes directly from the Dark Knight were done in this movie, but obviously in a different lens in a different way. And I think that I that's just that, man. I, I yeah, I, I I get it, but I also think that that comes inherently with the. I I think that comes inherently with this world of, if you want to touch them anything with the mob, at all in a Batman movie, it's going to feel like the Dark Knight. It just has to. Like it, it, the, I don't think there's any way because of the way that the Dark Knight did it is I'd be shocked with how, like, you know, that I think how this, how this one decided to handle the mob by making it, you know, that Falcone just is reclusive. You can't get to him at all. I thought that was fascinating. And that this whole, that the entire point of the film is to get, is to kill Falcone. Like that's Riddler's, essentially his whole goal is to get Falcone out and kill him. I thought that that worked well. well I, I, I get what you're saying with the dark Knight, but I also think that there are a lot of that, that like the interrogation scenes, both of those feel very different purposes in their, mm-hmm. in respective movies. I think that from a broader lens, yeah, you're probably right there are a lot of scenes that could be like dark knight but when you actually look at the individual scenes what are they trying to do and what do they succeed in doing and what do they not succeed in doing are very different like i think that the the purpose behind those scenes are very different so i i yeah i don't think that, that that's really quite fair yeah, I'm having a hard time drawing any connections at all. Like, I understand the sentences that are being said and, like, the actual <laughs> connections, but in my mind, like, they're they're not even close to being... this. Like, in my head, they don't even align at all. In is any it because sort of, of the like, style? The, I don't know. I, maybe, but, like, sitting watching the Batman, there was no point in any single scene where <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, the Dark Knight. Like, it never, it never happened one wow. single time for me. Not once. It kept once. happening. It kept happening to me. I'm mm-hmm. like... This scene was in the dark night and it was done better. 
No, <laughs> that's I, what no, I, kept I never. I, there was a few. <laughs> there no. was a few times I had the opposite. Yeah, I like, me too. I, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I've seen this. I saw this in the dark night, but this is better. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like, like, I had that a few times. Yeah, wow. Like where I was like, I saw, I've seen, I've seen the dark night try this, and it didn't land it as well. And yeah. then where oh, I was like, oh wait, God. no, this this did it better for me. But well, I like respectfully like, disagree. Look, but it is what. It no, is. that's fair. Like, and I, look, I'm someone who. The Dark Knight I really enjoy. I think The Dark Knight is a is a really really good movie, um, but you know, and I, I, I think I think uh, I think eighty nine Dark Knight and Batman Begins are three of the best Batman movies. Um, I'm one of the weird ones who's not the biggest Mask of the Phantasm fan. Whereas I, I think this is this is in those top three. I'm not a hundred percent certain where in the top three, but it's definitely in that amongst those three for me and i just don't know where yet see i i really really enjoy the nolan batman films a lot Mm -hmm. like i love them batman begins is still my favorite of the three of them always always has been but even when i when i think about batman begins or i think about the dark knight and how much i appreciate those films and and what i love from them like none of those films got the emotional reaction out of me that the bat that the Batman does. And I don't know why that is, but it just, it's... I need to hear this from you. What was the big emotional moment for you? Cause I, this movie just felt so dark and dreadful. And I mean, it just, the tone was so dark and dreadful. I've never felt any emotion like ever. <laughs> like, like what was the big emotion? It, just, it made me interested. It made no, I mean, a little bit, but it just it just made me interested in the character. Before this, I didn't really give a shit about the character of Batman. Like, I wasn't really? interested in his story. I didn't really care. Like, I appreciate Batman films for what they are, and especially ones that are well-made, like the Nolan films. But this film, I just felt connected to this character, and I don't know why that is. Like, maybe it huh. was... Because maybe it was the writing. Maybe it was because of Patton, what Pattinson was doing. Maybe mm-hmm. it was the directing. Maybe it was the story they were trying to tell. But I know that I left going, I want to see more Batman films now. Like, I need to see more Batman mm-hmm. films now. Whereas before, I was like, yeah, if there's another Batman film, like, that's cool. Like, I that's guess. A little, that's a little different than having an emotional reaction. Like, I would want to see not, another. Though. It's, it's not, <laughs> well, though. Having an emotional connection to the film. Absolutely. Well, it's liking a liking a movie, and like I could like a movie. I like The Rock, but I didn't have a huge emotional. <laughs> oh, I, okay. Well, my my big emotional reaction was the ending of the movie. I, I really did have an emotional reaction to seeing okay. um, Batman helping Gotham. I, I that to me gave me an emotional release. I I was very much like, holy shit! I've wanted to see that on a big screen before, and I act and I got to see it. So that it was just, my big. And just to make sure I remember that moment is when he saves the people that are like in when he like brings the flare up and leads them to safety. Yeah, is that the, the moment? Like yeah, that and then where and then on the um in the helicopter where the, the girl like grabs hold of him and to as he like uh as okay. a savior figure. Like I, I that that to me was just I'd I'd wanted to see gotcha. I've wanted to see Batman be a hero and be a mm-hmm. symbol of being a a hero and not just the creature and and not and not just this terrifying creature of the night i loved i love seeing this i i think it's more coming from we've had the dark knight returns batman for the Mm -hmm. last 40 years 
Give me something else. And this movie start is starting to move into something other than The Dark Knight Returns. So and did I you like not that. see him as a hero in the Nolan films at all? I I I do, but not not to the extent not to the same extent. Not to the extent of like the the hero that he is in those movies is more like is the the Dark Knight kind of and it is kind of what you were saying earlier in the movie, whereas in this one felt more like it was he was growing beyond just being a vigilante. And that meant I don't know, that that to me as someone who is very tired of the Dark Knight Returns Batman that we've had and mm-hmm. that and I think also just being so brought down by the last couple of years in terms of Snyder Cut and mm-hmm. the the Ben Affleck type. Like as someone who really enjoys the Ben Affleck version of Batman, I'm tired mm-hmm. of it. I'm very tired of this version that you can't do anything other than Dark Knight Returns Batman. Like it, he has to be, he has to be dark and brooding. He has to be absolute hating everyone in the entire world. But I, I don't know. This to me felt like the start of we could be going hopeful. We could be going to someone who is a little more Silver Age, and that to me kind of interesting. I don't know. Like, I, I maybe that's just me wanting something yeah. different. That's but what it sounds it, like. Yeah, <laughs> we I, want I just, different I things kinda, out of our Batman. <laughs> I no, think and, that's, and that's fair. And that's fair. And, 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 that's, yeah. and that's, fair. And that's uh, uh, that's just kind of where I'm at at the moment with this character uh, that we've had. You know, like I'm excited for what Keaton does at the end of the year. I'm excited for the Flash. I'm but, not. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I I kind of at this like. Mm-hmm. If he's Keaton from the Burton movies, I'll probably be okay. But if he's a darker, brooding one, I'm going to be like a really, like the last hopeful Batman. Like, you know, like Keaton, Keaton, Kilmer. I, I, I'm I, someone who likes Val Kilmer as Batman. I, I'm not a Clooney fan at all. But like, I, I, I think that the direction we have gone in the last 20 years for Batman, we've mined. We've, we've, we've mined enough of that. All right, let's try something else. And I think the ending of this movie was really the first indication I had, hey, we're going somewhere else. I think I fall directly in the middle of you two, where I'm like, I don't have a vision for Batman. I don't have an expectation. So I go in and just yeah. base it off of like what I'm feeling, really? like what the movie makes me feel in the moment, because I don't have a parameter of like where I'm expecting anything to go mm-hmm. which is which is interesting for me because yeah. a lot of people are not like that a lot of people have this like expectation of what they want out of it and again like to me i just thought that this arc that i think we're going to get from this batman was interesting because to me it's very different from what we got out of the dark knight trilogy as you were saying it's just a different it's just a different approach to to batman and what we get from him. And because I don't have any expectations, really, um, of what the character is or should be, this one just ended up working for me. <laughs> totally. And, you know, I hear you say what you said, Jacob. And it's like, I don't want the Batman who picks up the phone every time Gordon has a problem. Uh, to me, what, <laughs> no, makes Batman, <laughs> what makes Batman interesting to me is he does it despite the fanfare. He does it 
despite the love of the people seeing him as like this Superman type hero. He is the Dark Knight. He is somebody who has to deal with the cops just as much sometimes as he's dealing with the criminals. And because he is a vigilante. Uh, so for me, that's it goes against kind of why I feel like the character is on a base level. And mm. I think it's more interesting to have the character be somebody who has to deal with those kind of things. It's not just, I'm the good guy, there's the bad guys. So to me, it just takes away some of the interesting aspects of Batman. But I can totally understand we've gotten a lot of that. So I can understand. And I don't know if you're going to be able to do it better than Nolan ever did it. So maybe mm. it's better to go for the more hopeful, hey, Superman, Batman's our hero. I'm mm. not going to leave this interview without talking about the squirrel suit. Because this movie accomplished to make Superman looks, I mean, Batman looks super nerdy and geeky and uncool for about 30 seconds. The man has a cape. If I'm going to buy that he could jump off a building, I'll buy that he could turn this cape into some sort of gliding. He literally <laughs> pulls up two zippers <laughs> like he's going to put his pajamas on. I liked then, that. Then, how, what, how, why, I, thought it was, I thought it worked for a young Batman who's learning. Why not use I, the cape? Because the cape, because it's a cape. It's not a. It's not a parachute. I, I, I thought this. I thought it worked well when it became a parachute, and then it failed. I thought when it failed worked hilariously it, in terms of like going. He's still learning. He's young and stupid. Like it's listen, JT. Not all of us can be cool our entire lives. Okay, we got to learn how to get there first. Like uh, I don't. Know. I th- I thought it worked uh, really well. I I I didn't I, hate it. Um, I really liked a lot of the. I liked the camera angles as well. Like I I don't know. It worked. Uh, for me. I I think it's all it gonna good. pay off when we eventually get to the point where he is the Bruce Wayne that people know at the end of the trilogy. Like when when he I, ends up being the smooth. I actually agree with that. I have a feeling they, they. I have a feeling they could Spider Man this thing. Where we get to the end, like they're not they're they're, they're telling the origin story of in, three films in the three instead films, of, yeah. In, instead of that's one where film. I think this is going, yeah. honestly. It could, man. I just I, it remind me of that line from Inside Out where he, anger is like, "Congratulations, San Francisco, you ruined pizza," and I was just like, "Congratulations, Matt Reeves, you ruined Batman. It made him look really." <laughs> awful for about 30 seconds i was just like I, um, you have a cape it's right there i'll buy every, i'll buy he can use his cape you don't need to mm-hmm. pull up zippers and then <laughs> turn into a little fly squirrel i was gotten rocky and bullwinkle vibes i was like oh my god yeah, anyway, i i do think that I, I, I think this, this trilogy is very much going to be the origin with it ending with um uh robin being introduced at the very end I think he'll. I think we'll get Robin in the third film, probably a sixteen-year-old Robin, so that they don't have to deal with eight-year-old Robin. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I think that that's that's where this is going. But it's gonna be interesting. Um, Taylor, any final thoughts? Oh man, well we didn't even get a chance to touch on it, but I will just we we've kind of mentioned it. But this the look of this film, the aesthetic of yeah. the film is mm-hmm. just gorgeous. It's stunning on every single level like jt was saying the cinematography the shot composition like it's just music oh the music is just they knocked it out of the park with with the score and with the music was brilliant uh i am 100 percent in for for more battinson we need more of it uh the listen listen the the whole you know eye makeup deal 100 percent 10 out of 10 
Got to keep, yeah. got to keep that going. Um, and I'm, I'm just fascinated. Like I've never sat here before and like been like with a Batman movie, like, oh man, I wonder like what story they're going to go with in the sequel and what characters we're going to see. And like, where, like, I'm just, this is, this is a whole new experience for me in life to sit here and actually want to theorize of like what's coming next in a Batman movie. So that's, that's a new development for me. That's very interesting. JT. Yeah. Um, I felt that way about the Batman begins. I still think that's one of the best Batman movies ever. Um, it's, it's crazy to me. I, this movie doesn't come anywhere close to the Nolan films for me. And I have issues with dark Knight rises. It's not my favorite of the three, but I still think, I would take that film over this film right now because of just a pure Bravo and scope and some of the things that Nolan is able to accomplish in that film. To me, the first 15 minutes of this movie might be, I said this in my tweet, maybe my favorite opening of any comic movie ever. I don't think I've ever, ever been so on board with a movie than I was with this film in the first 15 minutes. I was like, we are in for one of the great all time, great Batman movies and then the needle didn't move much up or down for me for the rest of this movie. It kind of was just steady. And then the ending, I think, really kind of let the movie down a lot of ways when, as far as the themes and the stuff with the Riddler. It's like Matt Reeves had three hours to do whatever he wanted, and then the last 15 minutes felt like studio notes. We need some explosions. <laughs> we need this. We need that. And I was just like, wow. Uh, it was disappointing. Again, this is not a movie I hate. I will buy this on 4K when the day it comes out because I could just watch this movie to go and be transported into this Gotham because the cinematography, like Taylor said, the music, the visuals are amazing. It is one of the best directed films visually and production-wise I've seen in the last couple of years, probably since Dune. Like I, I didn't love Dune, but guess what? It looked amazing. And... I would rather I'd rather revisit this movie than I would Dune because I do think there is some good stuff with the characters in here, and I do think the style and atmosphere are just so encompassing that it is something that I would want to experience again. I am going to go see this again in IMAX. Probably I saw it in Dolby Digital the first time, which was amazing. Though my theater was shaking, uh, so I am looking forward to give this movie another shot. I know I probably sound a lot of, very negative in this review, but I you know. I cannot help but be disappointed with the film as far as the story, as far as some of the characters go. And I don't think the movie lived up to what it established in the beginning. So therefore, you know, do I give, it is a negative review for me, but like it's, it's teetering on positive. Like if I see this again and some of those things don't bother me as much, or maybe some of the things that I didn't pick up on, I might like even a little bit more. This movie could, you know, go up for me. It could be something that is closer to the top of my Batman rankings right now. It's, you know, middle, lower middle. Uh, I, and again, I just, Nolan did such a good job <laughs> with those Batman movies, especially the first two that this movie, he's doing something different, but I think it's almost so bleak, so dark, so grounded that at times it works against itself. And I think this Batman at times feels like, like I said earlier, he's just a crazy guy who put on a bat suit instead of the Batman. I think you know from the comics and the movies and the TV show, it's a very different take on this character. And I think mileage will vary depending on what you want from your Batman. For me, this is not exactly what I want for my Batman, but I'm not giving up on it. I will totally see the sequel. 
I'll definitely watch this again and I will buy this movie because there are things to like about it. And hopefully it'll be one of those movies that I can appreciate more the more I see it. So my mind's open, but couldn't help but leave the theater a little disappointed. Uh, I adored this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I I thought it got... It, uh, the, the second time I saw it, it got even better. Um, I, I, I Yeah, I, I think this is one of the better Batman movies we've ever had uh, as someone who adores 89 and begins in The Dark Knight. This is definitely up there with those movies. Um, I don't know where it is with those yet. Like I, I, like I said, I, I want to give it some time. I need, I need mm-hmm. to. I, I can't just be like, "Yep, it's number five yeah. in all time movies." Like I, I'm uh, sure. give it some time. Mm-hmm. This one, this one, I want to think about. This one, I want to sit with. And you know, like, like I said, I, I think if this movie is not on my top ten movies by the end of the year, we are in for one of the greatest years of cinema we've had in a very long time. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> this is my top uh, ten. It's been a rough year, guys. <laughs> so I like. I I think. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this again. I think this is a fascinating take on the character. One that wants to grow it into something more than just a vigilante. That wants to. That is commenting on. On ownership of. Uh, on on ownership of what of of your perception so how are you who who has claimed you um it kind of very much feels like this is the type of movie that the punisher needs of hey who has claimed the punisher and and you know to to talk about that so i i do think that it works extremely well and i and yeah i'm giving this massive thumbs up man massive go see it if you haven't seen it uh i'm sorry we just spoiled the hell out of it for you but yeah this is <laughs> it's one of the better movies of the year uh and i'm very excited very excited to see it again but you would put it with a caveat it might not be for everybody i oh, I, I, <laughs> I i would say that it's not for everybody like it to me this is the it is the last jedi all over again in yeah, terms yes, of, of that i agree um so it's not going to be for everyone but i disagree that you shouldn't bring your children to it I don't agree with JT on that. Oh, well, okay. I, as I as as like a ten year old, this would be my Batman movie. Mm. Like I a hundred like, <laughs> like my my parents. That took depends me, on like, the parents, Jeepers. I guess. My parents <laughs> yeah. like let me watch like Jeepers Creepers and yeah. Bring It On and all kinds of well, like yeah. just like to, like, to, like to to me, this is no scarier than Jurassic World. Yeah, I don't or, think it's worse or or, or full. I don't think it's worse. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> honest. Okay, if you are an eight year old and seeing a freaking dinosaur I, on on film or you're seeing or seeing this yeah no nah, i yeah uh, I, I think i, I think, think you could bring a kid to this movie. i think you could yeah. I, I definitely I will disagree because the opening of this movie is a man getting bludgeoned in the head by what looks like a serial killer it feels like seven at times in this movie yeah i just but, don't but see like a kid it, seeing that okay. scene being like oh this is fun I, it depends on the kid obviously the like parent, you know you know your kid i i don't think to me, I think this. I don't think it's any worse than I'm trying. Like, I, I agree, like to a degree, that it's probably up there as one of the more as it's it's teetering on the line in PG thirteen. Like, it's definitely a, mm-hmm. a more. But I, I I think the Joker scene in I, I think there's several Joker scenes in the in Dark Knight oh. that are just as intense as I this. I agree. So I agree. But so this like, takes, if, I think if your kid's step farther. 
If, I, if, no, if, I don't if, think so. If you're a kid's fine with The Dark Knight, yeah. you're fine with this movie. I, like, gotcha. if if you're if if you watch The Dark Knight and go, your kid would be fine with The Dark Knight, your kid's gonna be fine with this movie. Like, it, yeah. it's I I don't think that there's there's anything in this movie but, that is. But worse I than the Dark I do Knight. think it is a you know case by case basis for kids <laughs> totally, and totally. people in general of who's going yeah, to enjoy yeah. this movie. Yeah, like I I agree. Yeah, it's probably it's this is gonna be the last Jedi of the DC films in that, you know, that uh, there's things that they do that ever, that so people are just going to fundamentally disagree on that exactly. no matter how much explanation, no matter how much like trying to talk it through, people are going to fundamentally disagree with a choice that they make. And that's, yeah. Like yeah. It, it's yeah. It, it's and that just comes down to me. That's the last. It's, night. That's the last Jedi. It's like yeah. the Luke. It's like the Luke Skywalker thing all over again. Yeah, do you like what they did with this character, or do you yeah. not like what they yeah. did with do, this character? It, it, there's a there's fundamentally a choice that they make with the character <laughs> of Luke Skywalker, and if you agree with it, you're probably going to like Last Jedi. If you don't agree with it, you're probably going to hate Last Jedi. <laughs> I agree with you on that, but I also think the movies, I think the script and storytelling has fundamental issues as far as like, I think it's too long. I think there's a two and a half two fifteen 15 minute movie. That's amazing in this movie, but mm. I understand Matt Reeves wanting to be able to really stretch it out and give you everything. So it's hard to say. I don't know. I, 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 I could have watched two more hours of this movie. So. <laughs> oh my God. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, that's we could go JT. on for another two hours. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh god, we need to cut it soon. Um, yeah. All right, JTE, where can they find you? <laughs> where can they find you online? Uh, at JTE Movie Thinks. Um, I don't know what's coming out anytime soon. I feel like everybody cleared the table for Batman. Uh, next so week, we'll next week we have the uh, ever so adorably fun. Uh, and uh, highly controversial, according to Twitter right now, uh, turning red. Oh, turning yeah, red! Yeah, but but next week we do need to do the episode we still haven't done, done which is where uh, we go back to Spider Man <laughs> and the Matrix and yeah, uh, totally. uh, crap. What's the other West, 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 side. West side? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we still have that episode we need to go back to and touch yeah. on some of the things we missed. So that'll probably be next week, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Cool. Taylor. Yes, uh, you can find me at Finally Tailored everywhere online, uh, Twitter, Letterboxd, Instagram, YouTube. I'll probably eventually make a giant YouTube video about this film, but we'll we'll see. I need to sit with it for it'll probably be like a month from now after everyone else is done talking about it. And I've had time to sit with it, but you can find me pretty much everywhere on the Internet. And you guys can find me pretty much everywhere as well at Jacob London. Guys, until next time, I'm Jacob London for Taylor and JTE, and we will see you next week.